0: Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Well, turn your Bibles today to Luke chapter 9, if you would. Luke chapter 9, we're going to jump right into the message today. I know a lot of churches are probably preaching about Palm Sunday, on Palm Sunday, but we've been in a series entitled The Bible, and uh, we've just been looking at some of the stories in the Bible that uh, I loved growing up and I still love today. Uh, we took two out of the Old Testament. We looked at uh, Noah and how many of you guys were here for Noah, Noah building his ark and talked about what that might have looked like back then. And uh, as he built that thing in his front yard, has anybody ever thought about that before? What the neighbors were thinking, what people were saying? Uh, This last couple of weeks, I really began to think about it even more uh, because we have our Three Crosses production coming up next Sunday, and we've been building building crosses in our front yard. I don't know why we didn't do it in the backyard, uh, but we did it in the front yard. And these things are massive. And uh, people have been driving by a little freaked out because having a cross in your front yard, I guess, isn't a good thing. I don't know, um, especially when they're the size they are. And so I started thinking about, man, what would it have been like to build an ark in your front yard, you know? I mean, these crosses are big, but they ain't ark size. And so then we jumped into Daniel uh, and talked about Daniel in the lion's den and how Daniel wasn't a young, buff man. He was 83 years old, Right. And uh, we had fun doing that. Uh, Last week, we had a good time uh, talking out of the New Testament. We're going to do the same thing today um, out of Luke chapter 9. I want to talk to you about, uh, I believe, one of the greatest miracles um, outside of salvation, what Jesus Christ did on the cross that is seen in the Bible. I started thinking about what's coming up here at Easter, and Easter representing, representing obviously, the greatest miracle of Jesus dying on the cross and rising again so that uh, all humanity could rise and have a newness of life in him. Uh, But outside of that, one of the greatest miracles, it's found in all four of the Gospels. It's actually the only miracle to be found in all four Gospels. And it's in Luke chapter 9, and uh, and the one I'm going to read from today. And starting in verse 10. Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 10, and it's the feeding of the 5,000. Luke chapter 9, verse 10. The disciples have just come back from getting sent out by Jesus, and if you go back, you'll see that they were sent out for two purposes, to preach the gospel and to uh, bring miracles to the people, Uh, cast out demons, lay hands on the sick, things like that. They just got back, and they're having a conversation, and Jesus notices that they're tired and wants to withdraw with them for a little while to get some rest, and so that's what they do. Verse 10, Luke chapter 9, On the return, the apostles told him all they had done And he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. Once again, I want you to notice the two things that Jesus does. It's the same things he sent out the apostles to do, which was to preach the gospel, good teaching, but also bring healing to those that were sick. These two things, this is what they came for. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and uh, countryside to find lodging and to get provisions. For we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we are to go and buy food for all the people. For there were about 5,000 men. Now, 5,000 men, that's a lot, uh, but most scholars believe that if you included the women and children, there were somewhere between 15 and 20,000 people. That's a lot of people. I mean, 5,000, that's a lot for for a couple loaves and a couple fish anyway. Um, But in reality, there were probably anywhere from 15 to 20,000 people. And Jesus said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so, and had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up, twelve baskets of broken pieces." Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. Uh, Lord, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together that, Lord, you would speak through me. Uh, Lord, that you would uh, challenge us by your word today. Uh, You would would correct us by your word today. You would encourage us by your word today. And, Lord, we just ask that you do what you want to do today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Uh, the only miracle mentioned in all four Gospels, and, uh, and, and probably uh, because it was such a, a large, widespread miracle. There were about 20,000 people that got fed from this miracle, which means not only did uh, the disciples witness it as they distributed it, but there were close to 20,000 people that were a part of this miracle. How many know there'd be somebody talking about that? Would you not be talking about that if you were there on that day, uh, you did not prepare, you did not pack yourself a lunch, and Jesus was preaching, and uh, the day goes long, and, and you get hungry, and you don't have anything, and yet, uh, you know, he somehow gets the disciples to get 20,000 people involved in this miracle. How I mean, well, that's a miracle right there, you know. They had 20,000 people, but to, to witness that with your own eyes, that would begin to spread like wildfire, I would think. That would be something that is, that is passed down and talked about. Probably the only other miracle that had such uh, visibility was when Jesus, his very first miracle that's recorded in the scriptures, when Jesus, in John chapter 2, took the water and turned it into wine. How I many guys, you've heard that story before, at the wedding of Canaan, Right? That would be another one that would obviously be a lot of people at. People are partying, people are celebrating. But not only that, he involved people in the process of that miracle. It wasn't just about him doing something, but he called people to himself and said, hey, I want you to distribute this miracle. And so the breaking of bread, the making of wine, how many of you guys think those are two impressive miracles right there? Right? How many of you guys would like that in your house? Come on. You could retire with that miracle right there, Right. I mean, you got wine and bread. What else does a guy need? Come on, somebody. And so here he is, and he does this miracle, and this is a widespread miracle recorded in all four of the Gospels. And so I want to talk to you out of it today. Um, But as we get into it, I think it's interesting to note a couple of things. That when Jesus sent his disciples out, and if you go back a little bit in Luke 9, you see that he sent them out, and he sent them out, and he gave them power over unclean spirits and to lay hands on the sick and see them healed. And when he sent them, he said, I want you to preach the good news, and I want you to do this, all right? I want you to go, and I want you to teach good, sound doctrine, but in addition to that, uh, I'm going to empower you uh, to see miracles happen, okay? Okay? Not only that, when they come back now and they're trying to get away, the crowds come and follow after Jesus and the disciples for this reason, because they want to be a part of the signs and wonders. They want to be a part of the miracles. And it says in Luke chapter 9 that he welcomes them. And how does he welcome them? He welcomes them preaching the gospel and healing their sick. In Jesus' day, people gathered, the crowd came for two reasons. It was for the gospel, and it was for signs and wonders. It was for miracles. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is not just in word, but it's in power. Paul makes this statement. The kingdom of God is not just in word, but it's in power. I think we need to take note of something, though, that in Jesus' day, there was teaching and there were miracles. There was the gospel, there was sound doctrine, and there was, if we could put it, what we know today, the gifts of the Spirit moving, healings were taking place. Demonic spirits are being cast out. Miracles, healings, all those things were happening in Jesus' day. But yet today, in in the Christian world, it seems like we don't gather anymore for the miracles. We don't gather anymore for the signs and wonders. We don't gather anymore to, to allow the presence of God to move and to do those things. We come for teaching. We come for teaching now there's nothing wrong with teaching it needs to be a, a fundamental part of the church and of every church or any church that you would attend but paul tells timothy in 2 timothy 4 3 he says in the last days people will heap up for themselves teachers that will tell them what they want to hear that in the last day that, that people aren't probably going to come for the kingdom of God and word and empower, but in the last day they're going to be going and looking for someone to tell them what they want to hear. That it's put this way, that tickle their ears. Okay, that, that maybe can, can speak really well, communicate really well, but beyond that, that they will begin to tell them uh, like a feel-good message. What makes life easy? What makes life simple? You do this, and you'll be successful. You do that, and you'll have lots of money. Do this over here, and you'll get a hot wife. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Okay? And we want, we, want to, we want to take the scripture and boil it down to three easy steps of how I can become successful. And we do that because that's what people want to hear. And in the last days, people will heap up for themselves teachers like that. But that, that worries me a little bit because every time I read my Bible, I don't have to read too many pages before I see the supernatural taking place. It's quiet. I don't have to read too many pages before I see someone getting healed, a demon being cast out, a miracle happening, someone getting raised from the dead, deaf ears being opened, blind eyes being opened. You know, uh, how about this one in Acts chapter 2 where 3,000 people got saved? How many think that's a miracle right there? In one setting, in one service, 3,000. Okay? I don't have to read through too many pages of the Bible before I see that taking place. And and my Bible tells me that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we can look at God and we can say, God, where are all the miracles that we read in the Bible? Sounds like somebody in the Old Testament, a man named a man named Gideon in, in in Judges chapter six. Where are all the miracles? That, that we read, where are all those things? And it's as if we're presenting it to God as if something's wrong with God. God, where are they? I mean, what's up with you? Could it be that there is nothing wrong with him? It's a good, yeah, probably. <laughs> and maybe we're not participating in the miracle that God wants us to be a part of. Maybe, maybe we're not seeing more miracles because we're not participating in them. Canvas Church, I believe this on my heart. I believe there is a miracle in motion for our church. I believe there is a miracle in motion for Canvas Church. I believe that. And you might be sitting there, you might say, well, what, what does that mean? What do you mean a miracle in motion? We're going to talk about it a little bit today. But not only does that mean for us corporately, but I believe if you're sitting out there today and you need a miracle in your life, that there's a miracle in motion for you. That God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that the church should teach good Bible. But if the ter- church is teaching good Bible, guess what? We're talking about miracles. We're talking about signs and wonders. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Good preaching, Pastor. Thank you. And here today is a story of what I believe is is such a great miracle. And it might look simple because, well, some people got fed. What's so great about that? What's so great about it is because I believe this. I believe the Scriptures let us in on something through this passage and show us not just a miracle, but show us how to be a part. Of a miracle see a lot of Scripture is given to us as description of what's taking place and one of one would be this when Jesus uh, heals the blind the blind guy with 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 the mud y'all remember that one okay he spits in the dirt mixes it up takes the mud and goes like this right or something like that puts it in the guy's eyes now I don't think that I think that I don't think that's prescription. I don't think Jesus is telling us that, hey, anytime there's somebody blind, find some. <laughs> okay? I mean you can try it if you feel God leading you to do that, all right? But just get him to sign a waiver or something first, okay? Yeah, I don't think that the Bible's telling us that this is the way to cure every blind eye. Make mud with the dirt and your spit and slap it in there, okay? That is description of what's taking place. He's describing an event, okay? But I believe there's other times when we read Scripture when it's prescription. It's saying, hey, you need to look at this passage, and you need to see some key points in this passage, because if you take those key points and apply them to your life, guess what? You're going to see a miracle, You're going to see something happen. I believe that specifically with this passage because it's not the only time we see Jesus saying, hey, go find what you have, and as you find what you have, give it to me. I'll bless it. I'll give it back, and you'll have more. We see that happen several times. It reminds me of 2 Kings chapter 4, and and the the woman who has the sons, right, and the oil. She has no oil, and the prophet comes to her and uh, is saying, hey, make me a cake. And she's like, sorry, this is all I got, and I'm going to eat it, and I'm going to die. And the prophet says, hold on a second, why don't you go and bring the oil, go get all the jars that you can. And the Bible says she ran and got these jars, and they continued to fill them with oil. Y'all heard this one before? They filled it with oil, and the oil kept going until she ran out of jars. And she had so much oil that she could sell some, pay off her debt, and live the rest of her life. That's pretty cool. Now, I don't know if the prophet was being selfish because he was hungry, but come on, that's a cool miracle right there, somebody. (laughs) Right? Right? What was it? He involved the person, what do you have? I have this, okay, watch it become more. We see it also in John chapter 2. I I mentioned it earlier in the wedding of Canaan when when they ran out of wine. Well, what do we have? Well, we have these pots and we have that water. Good, take those pots and that water, boom, wine. Wine. It's pretty cool. What what is taking place here in Luke chapter 9 is not only description of the event, but I believe there are principles here for us today that as we grab hold of them, we can be a part of this miracle that's in motion. That we can begin to see, we can begin to become a part of it. I love the story. Disciples, Jesus, draw away. They're actually trying to get away from the crowds. But how many know when when you got Jesus, you can't get very far without the crowd, crowd finding you, right? Okay? And so now they, they go away, which is a desolate place according to scripture, and they get away, uh, they want to they wanna rest, they want to have a little, a little R&R, but the crowd finds them. And Jesus, being who he is, he says, hey, come on guys, we got to gear up, we got to get ready, we're going to minister to these people, okay? I believe this is even a snapshot of the miracle that's in motion here for Canvas Church, Next week being Easter, we're having a big Easter egg hunt. And I, I, even if you don't have children, I want you to come out and I want you to be a part of that Easter egg hunt. If you can come and just help out and serve, line the field so the kids don't go too early and steal all the eggs. Come on, somebody. Because my kids would never do that, but I've seen your kids. <laughs> and I want to have a few eggs left for my kids. So if you could come and you could line the field so that they don't take all the eggs too early until we say go, man, that would be awesome. Another thing you can do this week is pray that it doesn't rain. I don't know if you looked at the forecast, but right now it's, it's scheduled to rain, okay? But come on, I know I, there's some verses in the Bible I've seen a dude pray and it didn't rain for like a long time, you know what I'm talking about, okay? So I need you to pray this week that it doesn't, that it doesn't rain, okay? Uh, but, but we're getting ready for next week because I believe there's going to be a lot of people at this service uh, that don't normally come to church and we welcome them and we want them to come. Uh, man, if they only come once a year, praise Jesus, they came that year. And it's our opportunity to share the gospel with them. But I believe what we're going to begin to see is we're going to see a lot of people returning because they're going to feel the presence of God here in our service, and they're going to want to come back and be a part of that. So Jesus sees the crowds, and he, and he does what he does. He begins to teach them and share the love of the kingdom with them. And he doesn't stop there, though. He begins to heal their sick and touch people. And the crowd is, is there. And now Jesus... He is, he is ministering for a really long time. He's long-winded, like Jeremiah was this morning in his three minutes. Come on, somebody. Okay? Jesus preached so long. Now, I don't know if the crowd wasn't expecting that big of a crowd. I don't know, I don't know if they were, they were, you know thinking that they would leave at a certain point. I don't don't really know what was taking place, but he went so long that the disciples now are concerned and they come to Jesus. Now, I want you to notice something. Notice that it's not the people that come to Jesus and say, hey, it's late. I'm hungry. Can we go now? Jesus didn't do that. The leaders did that. Well... Pastor, you're preaching a little too long today. You think I'm long-winded sometimes because our service was an hour and a half? How many of you grew up in church, and you remember the days of two-and-a-half, three-hour services? Is it just me? Okay. Especially if you came from a charismatic church, right? You, you had like an intermission, right? You had like a, literally, you had like a halftime show. It was like you thought it was over, and it was like, nope, that was just the intro, you know? i remember that man three hour services were nothing back in the day and then you had service that night okay and we go for an hour and 20 it's like oh i'm hungry well stick around you can be a part of the miracle right he was long-winded preached a long time the leaders come to him and say hey I think we should probably send the people away. I want us to know something. I don't want to just talk about the leadership, but I want to talk to the believers and the Christians that are here this morning. I think sometimes as Christians, we underestimate what the world is looking for. I think we underestimate, I think, well, we need to shorten our services up a little bit. We need to have really tight, you know, short worship, and then the lights have got to be just right, and then, and the music, and, and then the preaching, you can't go longer than 20 minutes, which would be a miracle, right? (laughs) And, and, and we do all those things. See, I, I think, I don't think that's for them, because if you're unsaved and you've never been to church, you don't know what to expect. I mean, all the unsaved people, they can sit through a two and a half hour movie, no problem. Come on and then think about how much it costs to go to a movie. By the time you buy the popcorn, by the time you buy the ticket, if you have kids, by the time you get a babysitter, it's like a hundred and fifty dollar night. Thank God for Redbox. Right? I mean it's ridiculous how much it costs to go to a movie. But people do it and they sit through it and it costs them 150 bucks, but then we say, well don't 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 take up the tithes and offerings in church because You know, I would be happy if all they did was give 150 bucks, which probably isn't even a tithe. See, I think we underestimate. It's the church, it's the Christians that, well, we should probably send them away now. We should probably, I don't know that they're ready for this. I'm sure Jesus probably knew better than they did what they were ready for. And there's one smart person in the crowd. Because we see here that he ended up with some loaves and some fish. Come on, the original sushi right here. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but if you read the other gospel accounts, you know where they got it. They got it, from, got it from a little boy. And I'll be honest with you, every time I read these passages and talk about these passages, I always have to wonder what happened to the little boy. Did he willfully give it to him? I'm in to talk like, I mean, it just says, go see what you have. Well, we found this on a child. What happened to the child? We don't know. We never hear about him again. <laughs> right? We don't know. We don't know what happened to him. But we, we got his lunch. <laughs> Some smart mama out there packed this boy lunch. Yeah. She probably heard about Jesus and said, hey, he's long-winded like Pastor Ben. So here's a lunch. Take that with you in case it goes late. Mm-hmm. And this, when they find this lunch, here is the beginning of this miracle. And I want to talk to you real quickly in the next 60 seconds, because our service is only supposed to go an hour and 15, so if I go over. Okay. I want to look at this real quick, a miracle in motion. How can we become a part of a miracle? I love what Jesus does. Jesus says, you give them something. And in John's account, he actually looks at Philip, John chapter 6, he actually looks at Philip, probably because it was Philip's uh, city, and he said, hey, um, is there any place we can get them something to eat? And it says this, he looked at them and said that to test him. He did it to test him. I'm going to put you to the test right now. Let's see what happens. Hey, Philip. Yeah. Hey, let's feed these guys. Is there anything around here? Uh, No. We should probably send them away. No, you give them something to eat. We have nothing. Go find out what you do have. Go find out what you do have. And this is the first part of becoming a a part of a miracle in motion is this. Number one, find out what you have. Find out what you have. See, most of us don't think we can be a part of a miracle because, well, this is the life I lived and this is what I did, and miracles are probably reserved for people that lived a little more holy than I did, a little more righteous, maybe that have been a part of a church a little longer, I've only been saved for a week, I maybe have to be saved for two weeks, I don't know, okay? And all, all Jesus does is say, hey, look, I know you don't think you have anything, but go find out what you do have, and they go find these, these fish and these loaves, and Jesus says, perfect, that's, that's what you found, that's what I need. A lot of us stop the miracle in motion because we never open up our eyes and realize what we have. We never open up our eyes. See, we complain about our finances. Man, I only got $10 in the bank. Hey, well, at least you have $10 in the bank. Are you with me? I mean, my marriage, man, it's just, it's so hard. It's so difficult. Well, at least you have a marriage. Present him the difficult marriage. Give that. What do you have? He's not asking for something you don't have. He just wants you to look and see what you do have. Canvas Church is a perfect example of that. I believe that the greatest days of Canvas Church are ahead of us. Amen. I believe that there are more people that are going to get saved. I believe this room is going to be filled up. Listen, I don't believe God brought us to Mission Bay High School so that we could set up black curtains and, and partition it off. Yeah, amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome. I don't believe that. Thank God we had them. Make a little more into I don't believe that's the purpose, though. I believe God brought us to can, this, this Canvas Church this place so that we could see hundreds of people saved, hundreds of people get involved in ministry, hundreds of people be witnesses at their, at their businesses, at their schools, in their neighborhoods, so more people get saved and more people fill this place up. And then we'll be at two services, three services, four services. Okay? That scared some people. But as I look back on our journey, man, it is so easy sometimes to to think outside the box. If I had this, then I could do this. If I had a better job, then I could. If I wasn't single, then I could. If I wasn't married, then I could. And let me just tell you, the people that complain about being single now are the same ones that are going to complain about being married later. (laughs) Just write that down. Watch it. It'll happen. (laughs) I hate being single. And then they get married. You're like, why did I get married? (laughs) It's so easy to dream outside the box sometimes and think outside of that thing. And think what? But see, God's not asking us to think that way. He's just saying, hey, what do you have inside your box? Give me that, and then I'm going to expand your box. What do you have? What do you have? That's all he's asking for. He's not—he's not trying to, you know, one up you. (laughs) You don't have that. He wants to know what you have. I think about our journey. I think about my life. I had a great family. But all my life, even as I was leading up to ministry, I wasn't the, the most flamboyant one. I know it's hard to imagine, but I wasn't the one that was always putting myself. You can ask my wife. Even in our internship season of, I don't know, 60 interns, you know, hey, who wants to preach? i just sit there. I wouldn't say nothing. Hey, who wants to do this? I would just, I wasn't the one always putting myself. I just took what I had, and I continued to allow God to, to build, and I would just present it to him. If you want to be a part of a miracle, you just got to give them what you have. Give them what you do have. Canvas Church, let's give them what we do have. What do we have? We have about 200 amazing people. Let's just say, God, here's us. I can't wait to see what you're going to do. But remember, we'll get there in a second, but he's got to bless you, and then he's got to break you. But what could God do with what we have I mean, this facility, 750 seats, wow, there's room for all your relatives. Okay, no, let's not go there. There's room for your neighborhood, for people on your job. There's room. Let's give them what we have. This weekend, the egg hunt, let's give them what we have. Let's all show up, and let's be a part, and let's see what God does. Let's let's, let's give them what we do have. If you give them what you have, here's here's the next thing. See what you have. Number two, bring it to Jesus. It's not just enough to recognize what you have, but take it, whether it's broken, busted, whether it's good, and you take it and say, hey, here's what I have. Here's this. Here's my marriage. Here's my family. Here's my finances. Whether it's good or bad, it doesn't matter. Just bring it to him. And when you give it to Jesus, notice what Jesus does. He takes it, but he doesn't take it for the sake of keeping it. He takes it for the sake of blessing it. And listen to what the Bible says. This is what he did. Have them sit down, and they did so. Have them sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. And he broke the loaves. Listen to me. The blessing takes place before the breaking. Because if not, it's super painful. He blesses. He breaks And he distributes it. Bring it to Jesus. What do you have to bring to Jesus that he could bless it? I remember my wife and I had just gotten married about three months in. She was still in school. I had graduated. I worked at night. She's at school during the day. And so I'd go down to the gym uh, with the uh, hopes of working out. But then I would just play basketball the whole time. Which is kind of a workout, right? One day I was down there playing basketball and and, uh, my tooth got knocked out. And uh, we've we've just been married for three months. We working just you know miscellaneous jobs. Didn't have any insurance. I had to have an emergency surgery to take the tooth out. It was just an ugly thing. Get this bill, and it's a large bill. And um, we don't know what we're going to do. We go to church that Sunday, and our church is in the middle middle of a building campaign. Just walked into this awesome new facility, big church, and. And uh, the pastor's talking and says, hey, we want everybody to be a part. And uh, so all we ask right now is that you just pray and you just ask God what you should give as a part of this today. And me and my v- wife were involved in ministry there. And so we prayed and, um, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me $30. Now, that might not sound like much to some of you. To us, it was a lot. Like $30. I'm like, okay. All right, we get out our checkbook. This is before the days of iPhones. Come on. We leave our checkbook and we look at the register because we actually did write down what, you know. And we look and I'm like, uh, what did the Holy Spirit speak to you? And she said $30 with a smile on her face. I was like, me too. But then I pointed, we had $30 left in our checking account. Now, wisdom would say don't do it, but we knew what the Holy Spirit had spoke to us. And so we wrote the check for $30. That's all we have. And that's what you spoke to us to give. He didn't say 40 He didn't say 20 He said 30 Clear as day. And we looked and that's what we had. And so we gave what we had. And now we had some money in savings, but that was it for checking. That was it. Our budget max, $30 gone. Okay? This was not intentional fasting. This was forced fasting that week. (laughs) Come on. College students and newlyweds, how many know what I'm talking about right now? Right? You need to know. Like, yeah, we're fasting this week. Did the Holy Spirit? No, my checkbook did. We're going to fast. And so we, we offered what we had. And I happened to be working in the morning at the time, too, at the Boys and Girls Club with probably some of the really neat people, but some of the most unsaved people I'd ever met in my life. And uh, I'm walking out literally the week after giving that. Our bill was about 296 bucks for the tooth being extracted. And I'm walking out, and one of my coworkers walks up and says, Hey, 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 before you go, here. I'm like, what's that? Oh, just, you know, it's, it's just for you. And I thought it was just some paperwork for Christmas coming up, things like that, and announcing some different stuff. And I got into the car, and I opened up that envelope, and I looked, and there was a ton of money in it. I started counting it, $300. They didn't know what I had done. They're not even Christ followers. They're not even Christians. Sunday, we gave 30. By Thursday, I had 300. Okay, now that was, that was description, not prescription, okay? I'm not telling everybody here right now, look at what you have, give it, all right! By Thursday, you're going to be rich! Okay, that's not, that's not what I'm telling you, okay? I'm telling you my story, how I gave Jesus what we had, and he took it, he blessed it, and he broke it. And it became enough. Bring it to Jesus. Next thing real quickly. Find out what you have. Bring it to Jesus. Number three, and this is such a key to the story. says, have them sit down. Have them sit down. Have them sit down. 20,000 people, you 12, get them to sit. Go. That, to me, is almost more of a test than the bread and the, and the fish. You all know what I'm talking about? You ever been in a group of people before and it's like, hey, guys, come on, circle up. It could be like eight people. No, not square up. Circle. No, 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 we need you involved too. Can you? Get yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm not just talking about children, okay? I'm talking about you getting a group of adults and you want to get something going. Okay, guys, gather around. Let's make a circle. No, sir. A sir. Okay, grab hands, all right? Just keep moving backwards until you can't. Okay. But how do you do that with 20,000 people? Everybody link up. That would be a long process. Somehow, they were able to get these people, or at least I think, I don't know if it was all of them, but got them to sit down. Got them to sit down. And it was those that were seated that were part of the miracle. If you want to be a part of the miracle that is in motion, if you want to be a part of what God is doing, there's a principle here. You've got to sit down. What, what does that mean? What are you talking about? Sit down. Okay. If you study scripture, a thing called covenant. Got the old covenant, the old testament, you got the new covenant, the new testament. And in covenantal times, one of the ways they would seal, and one of the dominant ways they would seal a covenantal relationship. Maybe there was some differences on this side, some differences on this side, and there was some feuding going back and forth. There was some bickering, there was some fighting. And they finally come to an agreement, and they make a truths. And the way they would seal that agreement in covenantal times is they would sit down together, and they would break bread, and they would eat with one another. In other words, when Jesus says, have them sit down, he is saying, I want them to be a part of this miracle. I want them to be in relation with this miracle. I want them to experience this miracle firsthand. But in order to be a part of the miracle, you've got to sit down. You've got to surrender yourself. Now, I don't know, but I would think in my mind, out of 20,000 people, there was probably somebody that was like, I ain't going to sit. I've been sitting waiting all day, and I need to stand because my booty hurts a little bit. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, you sit here for, you know, an hour, and you're like, oh, I mean, they've been going all day. I have to think that there were probably some people that maybe didn't sit. There were probably some people that started out that way. I'm not going to sit. And then they saw what was happening, and they're like, dude, I'm getting in on this. Yeah. And that's okay, too. We like the early adopters and the late adopters. We need them all. I'm sure there was people like, oh, dude, I'm not going to sit. And then, you know, and they're like, wow, yes, let's, honey, sit down. But it was those that were seated that were a part of the miracle. They were a part of the distribution that actually got to partake in this thing. If you want to be a part of the miracle in motion, and I don't want you to miss it here at Canvas Church, there is something required of you there'll be people that miss out on it. I ain't doing that. He can't tell me what to do. I mean, who does he think he is? It reminds me of the the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. And here they are living daily in a miracle. Bread every morning. Ah, yeah, you might have got tired of the same bread, sure, but at least you got something to eat, right? And I think they found some creative ways to do that. Every morning, a miracle. Every night, a miracle. What did they have? They had the pillar of fire by night. Now, I know some of you think of a little crackling flame. It was a pillar of fire going before them, leading. This is what you're going to follow that's pretty impressive and during the day so they didn't get scorched that a cloud that's impressive and here they are part of that every day but yet they start to grumble and they start to complain as they're heading to the ultimate miracle the ultimate promised land and it was those that complained that didn't get to be a part of the ultimate but it was those that stayed in that covenant relationship they got to partake in it jesus says i want them to sit down man can you imagine being a part of that first group the first group of 50. i mean i don't know they probably would have stood up and been like i mean maybe some of them like oh dude I, i don't i don't do fish I don't do barley bread, sorry. Do you got any, you know, white, blanched, unhealthy stuff that I could eat? But I can imagine those first group, like, where'd this come from? Kid brought a lunch, (laughs) and they sat down. Those that were seated, they got to be a part of the miracle. Those that said, I'll do that. They didn't even have to do anything other than sit. See, we got a whole lot of partners in ministry that are part of, hey, Jesus, here's what we have. Give it back to us. Okay, let's go serve. And we need those people. But we also need people that are just, I don't want to do that. You know what? I I just want to come in and I want to sit. Awesome. We need that. But what does it mean to sit? It means to be submitted to the vision. It means to be submitted and committed to the vision. 1,000 Easter weekend. <laughs> I ain't hashtagging that. <laughs> that's, that's just, <laughs> Why would I do that? I mean, what? They, they want 1,000 people to get saved? <laughs> As if that's a bad thing to believe for? I'm not, I'm not doing 1,000 Easter weeks. But I guarantee you, On Sunday morning, Easter, when you walk in, you're going to be like, dude, I'm getting in on this. You're going to want to be a part of it. And that's okay. We want you to. Because in order to be a part of the miracle, you got to sit down. It's a good thing we talked about how Jesus was long-winded in his sermon earlier. (laughs) But the satisfaction of getting involved, the joy of getting involved, does anybody remember the first iPhone that was released? Even the second, third, and fourth ones. I mean, they were lined up. And it was all the other people like, dude, it's just a phone, whatever. And then you had those people that lined up and they got that first iPhone. I still remember it. The silver bag, the black bottom. It was so cool. And I remember one of my friends walked into church and he had it. I'm like, oh, dude. And he was like, yeah, I waited in line for five hours. <laughs> like, oh, see, if I wouldn't have had a wife and kids, I probably could have been there too. But <laughs> five. But, but the, the joy that he had of like, look what I got. And then all the people that were like, oh, it's so dumb. We're like, oh, dude, can I see it? <laughs> I wish I would have sat down. Wish I would have waited in line for five hours. If you want to be a part of the miracle, God, sit down. Last thing, we'll finish here. Uh, number four, what do you have? You got to distribute it. Once it's given back to you, I mean, there are some business dudes that would have made a killing on this day. Come on, somebody do you see that? No, come on, take it. Keep it. We're going to sell it. We'll set up a booth right over there. Come on, fish tacos right there. Come on, Miriam and Arturo. You would have loved this, right? We could set up like s- tons of booths. We could have a sushi booth. We could have a fish taco booth. We could have a deep fried booth. We could do just this awesome. See, so oftentimes we believe that, that the miracle that's taking place in and through us is for us. Look how God is blessing me. Look what God gave me. When really the reason He's doing it is so that you would distribute it and give it away to everybody else. You gotta distribute it, you gotta give it away. Listen to me, the the greatest thing we are celebrating next weekend is the miracle of salvation. That God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus to die for me. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But I'm sure glad he did it. And he died for me, not just so I could be a part of a miracle, not just so I could receive salvation, but so that I could turn around and go back out and say, hey, have you heard about Jesus? Hey, look at what he did for my life. Hey, look at what he can do for your life. But if you hold it in and you do nothing with it, nobody gets fed. not only that one of the coolest parts of this miracle is that everybody ate because everybody got involved those that were supposed to distribute it distributed it those that needed to sit sat and everybody was a part and look at what happens and what was left over was picked up. Twelve baskets of broken pieces. Why twelve? I like to think of it this way: Twelve disciples that Jesus wanted to remind them, hey, you always have something to give. Let's send them away. No, go and see what you have. Here's what we have. Awesome. You give them something to eat. And at the end of being a part of the miracle, because the Bible says as you give, it'll be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running all over. And as that takes place, you get to walk away with a basket full of the leftover pieces and say, man, this is a reminder of what God does when people say, I'll be a part of the miracle. This is what God does when they say, hey, I can serve on Easter weekend. I can come out and I can be a part of that. I can come out and I can do that. Hey, what can I do to be a part? And you will walk away the most blessed individual. Not only will you be one of those that ate and was full, you'll be one of those that ate and was full and walks away for more tomorrow because you got involved in distributing what he blessed, what he broke, and what he gave back. I believe, Canvas Church, there's a miracle in motion for us. I believe there's a miracle in motion for us, and we're connected to him. And so we need these two things. We need distributors, and we need sitters. And if you are willing to jump in and be a part I want to encourage you starting the first week of April to say pastor I want to be a part of the miracle that's in motion I'm so I'm so thankful for what Jesus did in my life but I don't want it to stop there I want I want to give it away how do, how do, I, how do I do that pastor how do I give it away go share your story with somebody I'm a little shy. I don't really know how to do that. Come to the egg hunt. We'll give you a place to serve. And you can be a part of giving it away. Well, I can't be here. That's okay. We're right here every Sunday, 10 o'clock. There's a place for you to serve. We got some awesome stuff happening right over here in the kids' ministry. Some amazing stuff. We're starting to implement live worship for our children. They're going to have drummer... They're going to have piano play. They're going to have guitar play. They're going to be doing worship live. That's pretty exciting. My kids are so excited about it. They're begging to take piano lessons now because they don't just want to be the one with the mic. They want to be the one like, just like Becca. I mean, my daughter was like, I want to play the guitar. And she started putting her hair up like this, like Jonathan's. And I was like, like, hold on. There's places to serve. We're not asking for every weekend. But think about it, if, 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 if every single one of the 200 of us said, hey, I can give one weekend, the reality is, is there probably wouldn't be enough space, and you'd probably only have to do one weekend every other month. But pastor, I don't want to miss out on the message. You don't have to. We live feed and podcast everything. It's pretty awesome. And not only that, we're going to grow so much next weekend, we're going to have to go to two services. So you won't have to miss one. You can attend one and then serve one. Oh, the cheering went down a little bit there. Uh, it's a little more time than I want to commit. Uh. A lot of you don't know this, but, but we have a team, a small team that shows up 730 every Sunday morning. That was the early adopters, those were the late adopters right there. (laughs) 7.30 and we set up the cafeteria for children's ministry. You know what we need? We need more people that will do that. And to be honest with you, the ones we really need to help with that are the ones that don't have children. It's really hard to get my child up at six on Sunday and get him over so I can set up at 7:30. What we really need is maybe some of you that have kids that are out and they're, or they're older, or maybe some of the, the young men, single, young men. Let me tell you, single young guys, there are some single young ladies that are out doing you right now. Uh, no, kid you not, We have more women in there setting up than we do men, most of the time. And so guys, if you want to meet somebody, come on now. It's a great place to meet somebody he said I don't, don't want to meet anybody I got somebody awesome bring her with you she can set up too. <laughs> distribute right get involved 7th matter of fact I, I need I need somebody at the back door with a piece of paper and a pen um, at the info center okay so somebody will take care of this for me info center paper and a pen if you say hey I can give one weekend a month to show up at 7.30. I want you to stop by the info um, and just give your name and your email so I can do that. I want to be a part of the miracle. I want to be a part of the miracle. I I love what the Bible says. They had them sit down, and they sat down in about groups of 50. It's a church of about 20,000, and they did community groups of 50. Come on, somebody. And those that were seated in those groups... I think one of the greatest things that we have going on at our church are community groups. I don't know how it's 12 or 14 or something like that we had this last time. This is the last week, then we're taking a break till after Easter, and then like mid-April, we're, we're ramping back up. Sign up for a group. Get involved. If you've been through our pathway of involvement, our journey to belong, you can even start one. Get involved. Be a part of the miracle. People's lives are being transformed at these groups. Why? Because I believe that the majority of all real life change takes place in a smaller gathering of people. This is good, but you need somewhere to go where you can just talk it out. You can just talk it out. There's a miracle in motion at Canvas Church. See, the people that are seated, they're going to go out and they're going to begin to talk about it. I love I love. Uh, Carlos and Lisa. They, I, I, God gave me a word for them about a month ago. And they came up to me a couple weeks back, and they're like, Pastor, ever since you, God gave you that word for us, man, just, our journey has just been awesome. Some great things taking place. Some amazing things taking place. Some miraculous things really taking place. And we're going to continue to pray those things through. Because see, the seated people, they walk out saying, I'm going to be a part of that. I'm going to be a part of that. The people that are standing, they'll walk out today and be like, ah, miracle in motion. <laughs> but the other people are going to jump on that and say, I want a miracle for my church. I want a miracle for my family. I want a miracle for my kids. I want a miracle. I want to see. See, what does the miracle looks like? The miracle looks like more people getting saved. The miracle looks like marriage is being restored. The miracle looks like we have finances so that we can help out the single moms. Man, the miracle looks like, are you with me? That's what the miracle looks like. And what would happen if the week after Easter, those black things weren't even set up? What what would happen if someone came and sat in your seat? Because y'all know you got about four seats you choose from. Anything else is outside of your comfort zone. Get ready. Next weekend, you're going to be outside of your comfort zone. What would happen if you said this week, I'm going to distribute it. I'm going to invite somebody for Easter weekend. God does a miracle in their life. God, we thank you so much for what you're doing at Canvas Church. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.